Hey guys, check this out. I am officially now sponsored by Dubby. Dubby is a clean energy drink made to give you focus with no crash. If you guys are like me, you're always needing a burst of energy, especially with one with no crash. Dubby contains vitamins, amino acids, a nootropic, and 150 milligrams of caffeine. It keeps me awake with no jitters, guys. Check it out. Merch link is in the bio. Dubby. Are you ready? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! What we've got here is failure to communicate. I'm building an alliance. God bless the internet. Okay, let's party. It's showtime. It's time for the Alliance Guys podcast with your hosts Kevin Frazier, Jaden, DKM, and Jay Cal. Uh, speaking of G.I. Joe, where does Sergeant Slaughter rank as most famous wrestlers, top 20? I mean, look, you got to give him his due. Uh, he was an action figure. Like, you know, G.I. Joe literally made him in a cartoon and an action figure. What's funny is he didn't voice the act the, the cartoon. It was, yeah, he did. Are you sure about that? Yeah. Uh, Slaughter was brought in. He did the skits in between, and he did the voice. He's one of the very few people who actually, well, not that there are real Dukes and Lace Scarlets and Lady J's laying around, but right. he was an actual person for his voice. I, I thought I remember that not being the case. Now, I'm not saying I'm 100% right. He has a pod, they have a podcast right now with him on there. And um, I have it, it's one of my YouTube occasionally. I pay attention to something out there. And they were talking about his time in, with G.I. Joe. You're right. Okay. Maybe I was confused because they list him as his uh, real name on the uh, IMDb. But yeah, Robert Remus, Sergeant Slaughter, eight episodes. Yep. Okay. But anyway, when it came to the time, Slaughter was incredibly huge in the 80s. Uh, he actually toured the White House for Ronald Reagan. Uh, he used to drive around in a camouflage limo. I go around. He had a rock album out, even though it wasn't very good. Uh, um, he had. Did you just was say a, he had a rock album? Yeah. No. Or at least a rock song, yeah. Was it like a Toby Keith song or what? No, uh, it was a nineteen. It was a nineteen eighties esque song. 
real quick, Willie Bowen with another joke. When small wrestlers do promo, is it short and sweet? Nice one. You know why there's no midget wrestlers in the NWA? Well, Tires hate them. Tires hate them. <laughs> Shit. Get in my belly. <laughs> hey, I have a question for you, Jaden. Jay. All right. Related to Sergeant Slaughter. Okay. Yes, you puke, you maggot, you slime. Did AWA uh, screw up by not putting the world title on him during the height of his popularity? Wasn't he a heel in the AWA? Or am I, am I missing no. this? No, he was heel in the NWA. He was heel in the WWF. But I don't other when other than when he was Super Destroyer Mark II, I don't think he was ever heel in the AWA. Yeah, he turned he turned face in WWE after running into uh, the Iron Sheik, and then he was a face from then on. He left, went to AWA, where he, he was a face. They created the Americas Championship for him, where he carried one of Vern Gagne's old world title belts and always had to keep his hand and arm in front of it so you couldn't read it, and. Uh, and then he left and went back to WWE, who immediate. I think their original gimmick may have worked. They turned him heel with the idea that he didn't like all this, you know, with Russia falling and or the Soviet Union falling and all that, that he didn't like this peace stuff. But then they effed it up by teaming him with the Sheiks against against the American things in the Gulf War, right? Which made no yeah, sense. Yeah, he became an Iraqi sympathizer. Yeah, which made no sense to the to the storyline they were trying to tell. But he wants his country back. Yeah, and then of course after he after he loses the world title, they finally give him a world title as an obnoxious heel so that he can lose it to Hogan. And then he wanted his country back after that. Everybody was right with everything they said about him. But, you know, he was basically given a title because Hogan couldn't beat Warrior. So they had to they had to put someone in between. So but my question is, should AW should the AWA have put the title on him? Uh when he did the AWA when he was the America's champion, yes. Uh, when it was the Zabisco time, yes, but I don't think at that point it was going to be. He was definitely not on the peak of his career. We're still with the GI Joe phase, and he saw a lot of popularity because of that. But I don't think he was at the point then where it would have made a difference one way or the other to the AWA. I think. I think instead of Bachwinkle, he should have been given the title. Bachwinkle had a few runs. Yeah. Well, I'm talking about the final one when they did the new belt and had got Hanson head took off and everything like that. I mean, I always, I always felt like you froze. Is 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 DK froze for everyone or just me? No, he was frozen. Okay. Can you hear us? Can you hear us, DK? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes, you're you're you've been warmed up. Okay. 
good. So, uh, what was the last thing you heard me saying? Um, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say you were talking about the uh, uh, bipartisan politics, and then you just kind of froze there. Oh, well, that was. You were boring. talking about Bachwinkle when they went, when they took the they gave the belt back to him. There was rumors that he was going to he was set to beat. Um, uh, Hanson Ford at one time, that but Hanson was bringing it back to yeah. Apparently, he was. They tried to get him to drop the title before he went back to Japan, but the deal was he was the title was sold to uh, the um, all Japan bought the title for Hanson for him to defend there in Japan, and. Apparently, his slaughter was one of the ones that he was asked to drop the belt to that he refused. Well, uh, according to Hansen later interviews, his claim was Bunny Underwood. Uh, his claim was that when the original agreement was made, Hansen wasn't actually looking to win the title. He never lobbied for it. Uh, yeah, he never lobbied for it. To the best of his knowledge, Baba never lobbied for it. But they wanted to put the title on... They wanted to take the title off Rick Martel for a short run, and then have Martel win the title again. And so the idea was he was going to he was going to win the title and then a few months later Martel was supposed to he was going to do the favor and that was the actual phrase he used. I was going to do the favor for Martel in Montreal. That that was the plan. But then, in typical times, WWE screwed it up by taking Martel. And so, then they were looking for someone to beat him. But Hanson would only do it if it was cleared through Baba. Because, and so, supposedly what happened the night he walked out was that he, they told him he was losing the belt to Bachwinkle that night. They had not said anything prior to it. They just told him that night, you're losing the belt to Bachwinkle. He called Baba. Baba said, he goes, hey, I already got you booked where I am got you as the champion. Not necessarily title defenses, but, you know, he was supposed to be there and be presented as the AWA champion. And so he told them, no, he goes, I'm not losing tonight. He goes, I'll lose after, after my next tour. And they said, no, you're losing tonight. So he took the belt, walked out. And apparently they figured something might happen because they had already had the new belt made. Oh, and so, which, by the way, I always hated the new one. It was based off an old one. <laughs> yeah. And um, uh, getting back to the, the crux. Yeah, getting back to that, because then we'll sooner or later get back to the NWA. No, I wanted, you asked the question, What did they make a mistake by not putting the title on him? I always thought the crux of the AWA, the whole reason why Hogan never got the title was because Vern wanted true pro wrestlers to be champions. He wanted guys who were actual workers, right? Not not just not just show, but the, the the actual wrestling. So by that definition, 
Slaughter was never like a good like hooker in the sense that he'd go out there and protect himself. He he wouldn't have the same match that you'd have with like a, a like a Vern or uh, a Larry Zabisco. Like he couldn't get out there and, and defend himself that way, right? It was more of a show, wasn't it? No, Slaughter could really wrestle when need to be. I guess I watch never saw of him. So watch some of his uh, NWA stuff where. When the WWE let him do it, some of his WWF stuff, WWF stuff, he actually was a very good wrestler when he needed to be. But at the slaughter gimmick, he had to do he didn't need to do as much of it when he, as soon as he became that top hot babyface. Yeah, in, in Mid Atlantic, he was a pretty solid guy. Okay, and there was very few people that got over in Mid Atlantic that weren't good wrestlers. <clears throat> Jimmy Valiant. Sounds like you're calling somebody out there. No. Well, if, you know, if I don't want to get under a glass table and say anything disparaging, but. Jimmy Valiant. <laughs> he wasn't a very good wrestler. Boogie, but, a lot of the, but a lot of the Mid-Atlantic territory, you generally had to be a pretty good wrestler to truly, truly get over, with rare exceptions. I mean, Abby got over huge there, and, but. So. Yeah. DK, I'm assuming that you thought it was a bad idea not to put the belt on uh, Sergeant Slaughter? Uh, I think he would have been a better choice than Bockwinkle at the time. And I, I mean, I know you guys like Bockwinkle, and I like him too. I mean, don't get me wrong, but I just feel like that time was the wrong time for him. And then, uh, you know, also to twice be given the title, I just didn't think it worked as well. I hated that they gave it to him, but he, I didn't mind him as champion. In fact, if it wasn't for that championship, we wouldn't have got that Bockwinkle versus Henning Classic. Or Bockwinkle putting over Henning for the championship. When you think of the AWA, what's your Mount Rushmore? My Mount Rushmore? Of the AWA, yes. <sighs> Well, I never ever liked Vern Gagne, so he, you know, he would have been an AWA Mount Rushmore. He wasn't my Mount Rushmore. Uh, uh, Bachwinkle is easily on that list. Um, I loved Mad Dog, Fashan. Wow. Okay. Just that was a hundred percent. That wasn't a gimmick at all for me. <laughs> Doug Vashon was pretty much that's who he was. Um, and his brother. Yeah, Butcher Paul. Butcher Paul was the sane one to figure that one out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love Zabisco. I just thought Zabisco was great, whether he was champion or the America's champion or coming out with a ninja and nunchucks. I'm just always a big Zabisco fan. And I guess Slaughter. What, no love for the Crusher? No love for no. Uh, Jerry Blackwell? No, not like Blackwell either. I never understood Blackwell. Everybody's talking about a big man doing a dropkick. He had a shitty dropkick. He wasn't Bam Bam Bigelow. What? Which, what? by the way, I just saw his uh, dark side. and It was really good. You know, they left a lot out. Well, what did my, you problem think with, of? my problem with yeah, the to me, the I saw it in two different. It's always been two different stages for me. And there was like the Stan Hansen and before, and then after. And I just felt like 
after was never that good. Like, yeah, Kurt Henning was the world champion. Well, I like Kurt Henning, but I didn't feel like they overly used him well or whatever. Uh, Jerry Lawler was almost, uh, you know, ridiculous. And, of course, he gave up title. And by the time he gave up title and Sabisco won it, it's like, does title mean anything anymore? I love the the Lawler era because that's when they were using multiple promotions part of the part of the deal. I mean, I loved when they took the few talents the AWA had with with world class and Continental and Memphis, and they were and the, even that women's promotion. I forget what it was called, but they all kind of mixed it together. It wasn't Glow; it was Pow. <laughs> that's right. It was Pow, Powerful Women of Wrestling, which I always thought isn't that Powell. But I love that era because there was a lot of talent being showcased. Carrie Von Eric, Jeff Jarrett, the Samoan SWAT team, Michael Hayes, Dwight well, McDaniels. But not always in AWA. Like, I saw a lot of it, but... Yeah, but the television was great. Yeah, wouldn't have gone to an AWA show. But... You wouldn't oh. have gone to an AWA show? Not... Just just an AWA show, like during the Lawler era, at, not not a show that was joint with uh, Tennessee or Texas or whatever. And let me tell you, don't don't you think they wish they had put the title on Kerry Von Eric that night? <laughs> I don't think so. Not that night. I don't think so. <laughs> no. Well, I'm just talking about after what's his name. But, okay, I got another world title. I'm legitimate. Bye. He left because of money. They didn't pay him. <laughs> Just like almost all the talent that was part of that. Well, see, yeah. There are other... That's one of those things that there are a ton of stories behind, and they're all a little bit true, and none of them completely. <laughs> I think uh, my Mount Rushmore, because I was such a huge Rick Marcel fan, he goes on there, Zabisco goes on there, um, and then probably... Road Warriors? Uh, even though they were AWA, I never considered them AWA. I considered Adrian Adonis more AWA than the Road Warriors. Adrian At least when Adonis he was AWA, was great. The East Coast, West Coast connection. It was, it was interesting in that the Road Warriors came in, won the titles immediately, wrestled for a year as champions, lost the titles, and left. <laughs> they were basically only there as the tag team champions. I, I remember the old AWA Remco figures, and I remember like Baron Von Raschke, and uh, they had the Freebirds and Jimmy Garvin and Baby Doll. And it's like, weren't these guys all NWA Mid Atlantic and, and uh, uh, Georgia wrestlers? Like, how'd they end up as AWA figures? They were AWA guys at the time. In fact, the whole Pro Wrestling USA allegedly is why the Road Warriors and Jimmy Garvin and even Steve Regal for a short time ended up, and even even uh, Baron Von Raschke ended up in the Mid Atlantic area. Apparently, uh, the stories are Crockett tried to steal all their top talents and bring it to the to that. He even tried to take Slaughter. Well, that was one of the big ones, also, where they were talking about money. In that, uh, the promoters claim that. 
the shows were arranged by Ganya, and he was supposed to pay the talent. And Ganya told them, no, your promoter's supposed to pay your thing. And so that was one that's one of the reasons it fell apart so quickly. And one of the reasons why Fritz never really contributed any talent to it. Because people forget that wasn't just a Jim Crockett AWA. Several promoters were originally supposed to be part of it, including Fritz. And most of them was like, well, let's see how this goes first. And it didn't go well. And they said, yeah, no, we're not doing this. Yeah, Crusher, Maurice, Mad Dog, Vachon. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of guys that uh, I remember popping up with those AWA Remco figures. I remember Larry Zabisco. I remember you, you said Steve Regal, and that made me pop because uh, everyone thinks of Steve Regal as the guy in the WWE, WCW, but uh, and no one remembers Mr. Electricity, Steve Regal, and uh, Jimmy Garvin, and, and uh, Jim Brunzel and uh, 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 Greg Gagne, yeah. the High Flyers. So, all right, well. Kurt Hennig. Was, yeah, there Kurt Hennig, was, of course. Yeah, um, there was the Freebirds. The Long Riders. Dick Worley. Unfortunately for the Long Riders, once they left Texas, they were never anywhere long. And then uh, Scott got cancer and... You know that that cut their uh, their time short, but yeah, that because they went to Memphis, they went they won the national championship in in Georgia, and were like gone within two months, and they were only in Memphis for a couple of months, and they were, probably stayed the longest in AWA, but they weren't there real long. I remember the Super Destroyers being around in in Georgia way longer than. The uh, the Long Riders. I think they lost the masks in Georgia, and that's where they became the Long oh, Riders. Texas. It was, it was, was it Texas? Yep. They lost to uh, Iceman. King Parsons, right? And that uh, child molester. <laughs> Boris Zukov! Not poor Boris Zukov. Leave, no. leave that Russian Boris Zukov out of there. Buck Sumov. Oh, that's right. Uh, retra- re- uh, retractions and apologies. So anyway, yeah, that and you um, know, and we've talked about this before. On I know offline, I think we've talked about it before on the show, is that people go, oh, well, what's the difference between the Super Destroyers and the Long Riders? And if you watch, they were different. They wrestled differently in the ring. Yeah, they were different characters. And it's, it's one of those things a lot of people don't understand that, you know, uh, Bill E or whatever once said, you know, Beepo Mongo was different than the Mass Superstar and the Mass Superstar was different than Axe, you know, he, he goes, they weren't, they weren't all the same wrestler. You were different each way. God, no, 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 absolutely not. So, anyway, uh, we've wasted 51 minutes, so what else do we need to talk about? Okay, so um, there, there's I, – I allowed you to have that time, but now we're going to talk about some fun stuff. Uh, so, there's a couple of shows happening this week. Uh, you with, allowed us to have this time? 
Yes, absolutely, I do. Don't you know DK will just talk and not let anybody have any time if they need to? Look, I'm not trying to pull rank here, but I'm the only one that can mute the microphones on this end. Um, there was a there's several shows that are happening this week. In fact, two of them happening t- uh, tomorrow night. One of them happening Saturday, where there's a lot of NWA talent appearing on these shows. And the, the, it begs the question with the fact that in the past, the NWA, I know this might not be a thing going forward, but have worked with Wildcat in uh, Louisiana, working with Joe Kazana in Knoxville. Uh, but also like this Friday night, Crossfire Wrestling is going to feature a lot of current talents in the NWA. The women's TV champion, Kenzie Page, is wrestling in an intergender match. Kylie will be in action. The number one contender to the World Junior Heavyweight Championship, Colby Carino, will be wrestling on that card. And Kerry Morton's defending the World Junior Heavyweight Championship at Crossfire Pro Wrestling. I believe they wrestle out of Kentucky against Rolando Freeman. So, I mean, on, on the 28th, tomorrow night, that's a that's a loaded card for Crossfire Wrestling. It's very heavy on NWA talent. Also on Friday night in, uh, I think it's in uh, Teensley, uh, Illinois, Teensley Park, uh, you've got the World Association of Wrestling North America, which is the North American version of the Knight Family's uh, UK promotion. Uh, they're going to have talents both from the past and present NWA. Uh, the last NWA North American champion, Mustang Mike, a former NWA national champion, the Golden Boy, Greg Anthony. Both those guys will be in action. The hitman, the Hawaiian hitman, Ko'oa Lexamama. I don't think I said that right, who we most recently saw wrestle Ricky Morton on NWA Power. He will be in action along with uh, his valet, Kalis Malia. Samantha Starr is going to be wrestling. Tom Latimer, in fact, both Samantha Starr and Tom Latimer are wrestling for WAW Championships on Friday night. And, of course, the highlight of the night will be Camille defending the World Women's Championship uh, against Soraya Knight. Uh, all taking place uh, in Tinley Park. So there's two shows that are very independent of the NWA, but heavily featuring current NWA talent. And then, of course, uh, the Love Alive charity, which our friend the Pope, who shouted us out on his, or I guess Poyo did, shouted us out on that podcast. Uh, they're going to be having their show on Saturday, The Great American Clash. It'll feature talents previously associated with the NWA, like, of course, the Pope and JTG, who is their champion. But it also will feature Jamie Stanley and Eric Jackson of Power taking place uh, on Saturday. So, like, there's – and each – when you look at these event posters, the thing that you're noticing more and more these days is that the NWA logo is featured next to whichever wrestler will be appearing on these shows. So when KFW is promoting – uh, the World Junior Heavyweight Championship with Rolando Freeman challenging Kerry uh, uh, Morton, they're putting an NWA logo next to that wrestler. Same thing with uh, World Association of Wrestling in, in, in Tinley Park. Uh, it says this, they're representing talents from the NWA. Is this is this kind of like a soft uh, introduction to the territory system? Do you think this is something that maybe Billy, you know, he told us early on that the NWA could be whatever he wanted to be. You know, DK, do you think this is a soft uh, opening, a soft uh, introduction to the a new territory? No, not new territory. But I do think it's 
a better way of getting your name out out there in some of these areas okay in that you know if people see what they like when camille comes in well, where can i see camille well you know watch uh watch their youtube show or whatever right. so I, I, I you almost got to think of it as an advertising thing you know i don't know if they charge these people for the nwa name or title defense or anything like that i tend to think not but what you can get is you can get some free advertisement out of it you know especially if they put out any type of flyer or whatever you know you can go as seen on youtube's nwa power or something but they need to be getting out of it so no not territory but maybe more working what we really need is for the nwa to be more recognizing of these things that happen outside of power that you know they need to be bringing up that more often you know they kind of barely do occasionally they need to bring up more often that you know camille was recently defended her title in uh abu dhabi abu dhabi whatever you know wherever you know you know no name california and somewhere arkansas and you know even of course pennsylvania right the end of the world, New Jersey. Uh, truth or consequences, New Mexico. Oh, shit. Bring up a true place. But then again, if you had said two can carry New Mexico, it almost would have sounded as fake. But <laughs> Yeah, so, but Red there River. There actually is an of course, Pennsylvania, by the way. I, I know that. Yeah. And so. Or they have sex. No, not real. And, uh. So yeah, no to a new territory, but yes, yes to a better way of getting the name out. Uh, Jaden, what when, is your take on it? One thing that I always and I know since David Marquez is now listening that you're probably going to hear me say this. Something t- one time he said like, "Oh, why do you put WWF superstar, WWE superstar in the poster? If that good, they were that important and they were that big of a draw, you don't need to put that." But that's not why you should put that. There is a thing I learned in business class that a lot of bars or or a lot of places will use a Pepsi or Coke banner with the Pepsi or Coke logo and have their prices for their items in there. They just happen to sell Pepsi or Coke. And a lot of bars would have Budweiser or Heineken or something on their banner. What they would use that banner, the banners were basically given to them by those companies. Uh, they would print up on there their specials of the week or whatever. What you are doing in that situation is you're not trying to say, oh, look, we got Coke here or where we got, you know, we have this. The reason you're doing that is because it creates an association with a successful brand. And when you have an association with a successful brand, it creates the illusion that you're a successful brand. It is borrowing that goodwill, that, uh, that je ne sais quoi, that, that marketing sais. power borrowing some of that to try to add credibility to your own um, business. It's the same thing we're using WWE or WCW or ECW or Impact or or 
AEW, or in this case, the NWA, you're trying to use any power that that has in drawing that people care about and trying to associate it with your company to make your company look bigger. So that's what I believe is going on. I don't believe it's a territorial system. I don't think there's any want or desire to do a territorial system or they would have already done it. They could have done it when they were working with Marquez and with Wildcat and the Kazanas and stuff like that and just had them run NWA with different talent at different events and stuff like that and keep the name out there while they would push the big television tapings and the pay-per-views instead. So the ability to do it is something that can be done. I don't see Billy doing it. And the time I think if he was ever going to do it is well past. So now that Jay's gone, let's talk bad about him. Oh, are we supposed to wait for him to be gone before we do that? No, but it just gives more. He won't, he won't mute us now. That's true. So, let you have that time. Boy, don't you know I know how to pull the plug on your whole house? Anyway. Uh, so, that that brings an interesting point. At what point is the... You know, if you're booking somebody like Kevin Nash... Uh you may not need to put WWE, you know, former WWE, WCW superstar, Kevin Nash. But when you're booking somebody, and I, I hate to use this example, but it's the first one that's popping in mind, Tyrus. I mean, do you have to put WWE with him? Because who really knows who the hell Tyrus is? At least he has a look that's somewhat familiar. He has a unique look. A lot of the WWE guys currently don't have that. They all kind of just are the same. Well, okay, let's look at somebody else in NWA currently. Uh, Chris Adonis, Chris Masters. I mean, mean, does he need WWE for his name for people to understand kind of who he is and remind people? I think if a lot of the people that do, they don't promote the NWA, Chris Adonis. They do former WWE superstar Chris Masters. Or Chris Adonis, formerly known as WWE superstar Chris Masters. You know? Um, But again, it's not necessarily the wrestler needs the WWE. It's the promotions trying to associate themselves with the WWE to make them look bigger. Yeah. Yeah, I just didn't know because, again, if you said someone like you know, Kevin Nash, X-Pac, some of those, you wouldn't have to put it on there because people know where they're from. They still do, though, again, because association. I've seen a poster for one of those big, big-time type shows, like Big Time Wrestling or something like that, where right. everybody on the poster had something on it. They had Impact, they had Ring of Honor, they had NWA, they had WWE, they had WCW, they had ECW, they had AWA, they had you know, mama's wrestling promotion, you know, they had everything had a, somebody had something next to it that was on featured on the card. So, um, I even seen one time there was a poster where, yes, but it's, I've seen it done. I've even well, seen, seen one time of posters, I've seen a poster where somebody said a scene on Jerry Springer. <laughs> oh, geez. It was oh, a wrestler okay. who was on Jerry Springer and they put that on there. That's amazing. 
Thanks for joining the stream. This has been a presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com. We genuinely appreciate your support. Would you consider subscribing so you'll never miss a future episode? I'd also like to remind you we do a live stream every Tuesday at 5 p.m. before NWA Power. You can find us on social media at The Alliance Blog. And until next time, we are The Alliance.